This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network. Delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. It is the season finale edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. And folks, you know we're delivered by Domino's. And what a way to finish our first season with a 50% off week with Domino's.ca. So this is what you do. Any size pizza you want, you go to Domino's.ca, order online, and it goes till December 7th. So from now, from the time you're hearing this to December 7th, you can get 50% off any size pizza. You want extra large? You want a medium? You want a large? You want two, three of them? Great. 50% off all of it at Domino's.ca. No better deal out there. Domino's.ca. Okay, guys. What a, wow. What, what a finish to the Grey Cup. What a finish. And we have a stacked show for you. Rod Black from the CFL on TSN. He called the game on TSN Radio. He will stop by to go over the the the, the mayhem, just the the wild finish to that game and kind of everything in between. So we'll talk with Rod Black, Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. We'll get his heroes and zeros from the 105th Grey Cup game itself, and then look ahead to well look back, I guess, on heroes and zeros for the entire year, and also some quarterback talk. I still think. And we'll get into this as the, the show goes on. I think the most fascinating storyline of this upcoming offseason is quarterback. You got Johnny Manziel floating around there. What are the Hamilton Tiger Cats going to do with him? Oh, yeah. They have Zach Caleros, the most expensive player in the league. His butt's parked on the bench. June Jones is coming back to coach the Tiger Cats. What are you going to do with Zach Caleros, who I personally think still has a ton of great football left in him? Wherever he shows up, I think Zach Caleros, if he can stay healthy, I think the dude's going to ball out. I'm a big Zach Caleros fan. I think he's going to get his shot somewhere. But where is that going to be? Montreal? Uh, you can't come back with Darian Durant and that crew. Goodbye. Ricky Ray, not retiring right now. And the stats that he's put up all season long, why should he? But if he retires, that just blows the whole door open. Saskatchewan, Brandon Bridge, Kevin Glenn, Vernon Adams. What's that dynamic going to be like? Also, Jonathan Jennings. Can he rebound after a terrible year coming off of a previous season where it looked like he was going to take that next step? To be one of the greats. It's all of, really the only solidified quarterback spots, I think. Winnipeg with Matt Nichols. Calgary with Bo Levi Mitchell. And Ottawa even with Trevor Harris. Some question mark. I still think you give Harris another try. Go at it. Especially with how much flux there is in the league. But is he completely safe? Wow. Uh, what a what a year. What a, a game from Ottawa. And a great job by everybody on the TSN crew. Let's get some... Thoughts on, well, the, the, the game itself and, and what happened. Here's the CFL on TSN panel led by Rod Smith. I was wondering if this Grey Cup would help erase the pain of last year for the Calgary Stampeders. And as we talked to Jock Climbing, Matt Dunning, and Emil Siegel here, I do wonder if it has somewhat erased the pain only because this has to be <laughs> more. that much yeah. more painful <laughs> now that uh, you could forget a little bit about it. More. Never forgotten last year, but just the way, Milt, this game was lost for the Stampeders. Yeah, and I'm for sure they've forgotten about last year because this one will be on their minds, on their hearts, on their souls for a long time. And last year, Henry Burris talked about it. Ottawa won that game. Let's be clear about that. This year, Calgary lost this game. They had all those opportunities late in the game to seal the deal. They're on the 10-yard line. 
Even if they just kick a field goal, they're up by two scores. But they had that big turnover, and that gave Toronto the momentum. And then at the end of the game, they had a chance to tie it, worst-case scenario, and take it to overtime. And I understand Bo Levi Mitchell, he's a gunslinger, but every now and then you just have to sit back and say, okay, let's take this into overtime and see what we can do. So those guys, they had a great regular season, but it means nothing because they can't finish it off. So what they do next year in the offseason, it remains to be seen, but I don't think they'll stand pat. And I know Matt didn't agree with me on that no, one. I, don't. I think they'll make some changes because mentally, I don't know if those guys can bounce back again if they're in this same situation. I just don't see it. Well, they have 18 of 24 starters from last year's Grey Cup and this year's Grey Cup. I think you'll see have similar numbers like that next year. And this football team will have to find a way to uh, to use this as some type of motivation, Milt, you know, in the offseason so they can get back here. And, and uh, I know they'll do that. Bo Levi Mitchell, he's a competitor. He's a fighter. I know tomorrow he's going to go right back to work. And, uh, I, and uh, that's just the way he is. Uh, stared down a receiver. Threw his worst ball of the game. He threw a lot of beautiful footballs in this football game. Uh, but that one got away from him, and, and, and he locked in. He never read the defense. And I think he was just thinking about winning it as opposed to playing it, and that got to him. And that's not his style because this guy, we, we've seen him play a lot of wonderful yes. games and managed games. That got away from him there. This one's going to hurt for a long time, John. Yeah, this game was cruel and unusual punishment for the Calgary Stampeders. I, I can't emphasize enough for people at home who've never played this game at this level and been to the Grey Cup what, what, how it haunts you to lose a game like this. Mm. It's not the games where you, it, all three of us have been <laughs> haunted, and you will you, you literally take it to your deathbed, not the blowouts. If you get blown out, you forget about, oh, you those. about those. Two in a row, these guys are going to be replaying over and over in their minds. Not just those three critical plays. There are lots of other plays. You don't lose a game on three plays. No, no, there no, are so many other plays and, and, that if they'd happened differently, different result when it's that close. And these poor guys have got to spend this offseason right. and years to come trying to heal from this. We can flip the script too easily, guys. And, and there's many instances out there where the Toronto Argonauts won this football game. Yeah. And uh, on, the, on the game-winning drive to set up Hiralahu for the field goal, Ricky Ray made a couple of them. Second down conversions doing his thing. It's crazy to think when your Argos beat the Stampeders in 91, since then Toronto's won six Grey Cups, Calgary five, even though Calgary's far and away been the, consistently the best team in the Canadian Football League. Mm. We wondered... Uh, earlier this week, should we call them underachievers because they should have more to show for it? All right, that was Rod Smith and the TSN panel. Now, mentioned it earlier, Ricky Ray's 38 years old, had, what, 5,500 yards passing this year. Didn't have a great statistical game, but the great ones, when you need them, they drive, and he got them into field goal range, and they did it, did the Argonauts. But what is the legacy going to be of Ricky Ray? Four Grey Cups. That was the 43rd drive, fourth quarter comeback drive that he led to win a game. Ricky Ray. Unbelievable. Farhan Lalji and the guys out in Ottawa went over what is going to be Ricky Ray's legacy. With Dave Naylor and Matthew Gennetti. And guys, Ricky Ray picks up his fourth Grey Cup title, most ever by a starter. Dave, where does that put his legacy? Well, I don't think it's just that he's won four Grey Cups. I think it's the years that it spanned. When you look at it, he won a couple early in his career with the Edmonton Eskimos. He won one in his prime in 2012 with the Toronto Argonauts. And now he's won one late in his career at age 38. Four and one in Grey Cup games. We know there have been a lot of great CFL quarterbacks who put up great numbers but haven't had that great record in the championship game. 
Now, Matt, do we see him back again next year? Well, that's the question. We know he may not be done. All indications are the Argos want Ricky Ray back. Now, he did tell me on Great Cup Saturday this could be his last game, but you can see that Jim Pop and Mark Trestman, they don't necessarily feel that that might be the case. There are questions about Zach Caleros and what his future might be and some indications that he might want to be a Toronto Argonaut. But right now, there is no clear indication that the Toronto Argonauts think Ricky Ray is finished. And as far as Mark Tressman is concerned, you really can't overstate the impact he has had in terms of giving Ray the fountain of youth. Look at what he did with other quarterbacks later in their careers. Anthony Calvillo in Montreal, Rich Gannon, when he was with the Raiders, he won an MVP at the age of 37. One of the marks on Ricky Ray's career is he's never won the MOP. Well, if you stick around with Mark Tressman, that might happen. And by the end of his career, we might hear Ricky Ray's name mentioned a little more in the greatest of all time discussion. All right, that was Farhan Lalji, Matthew Shinetti, and Dave Naylor. When you, you look at what Ricky Ray's done, and he was able to stay relatively healthy this year, right? The previous year, banged up a lot, missed one game this season. But for the Argonauts, and Cody Fajardo does his job very well as a backup short yardage guy. We know, and we saw in that game, if, if, Ricky, if you're without Ricky Ray, you're done. If you're the Argos, it's over. Ah, uh, do you have to start grooming somebody else? Does Zach Caleros coming to Toronto make sense? Would the Hamilton Ticats even do that deal coming back to Toronto? Because the two teams, well, well we know Montreal, but do you deal them interdivision if you're the Ticats? Because Zach Caleros is a guy, again, if he stays healthy, he can come back and burn you for the next, what, five, six years? Do you want that to happen? But for Ricky Ray, like that that game itself, we'll get into it more with Rod Black in a couple minutes. But uh, the the 100-yard touchdown by DeVere Posey, the fumble return 109 yards by Cassius Vaughn, the the why did Dave Dickinson, head coach of the Stampeders, not kick the field goal and go to overtime? Took the risk. You roll the dice, sometimes you come up snake eyes. It burned him. Second year in a row. Boy, you got to feel for the Calgary Stampeders. But the Argos did enough. To get it done. And in the X factor, where I thought it was going to play out, where it was they're very evenly matched, the secondary between Calgary and Toronto, it was the Argos secondary, Canadian Matt Black coming down with that ball to make the difference. That's how close these two teams was, and the score reflected that. All right, we're going to take the break, come back, and talk with Rod Black from the CFL on TSN. He called the game on TSN Radio. We'll break it all down and look ahead to next season. A lot more coming up here on CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. As you know, everybody, we are delivered by Domino's. 50% off week, folks. 50% off any size 
pizza as long as you order online at dominoes.ca. Dominoes.ca, the deal goes to December 7. A gentleman who I'm sure could use some Domino's pizza after a cold, <laughs> blustery day out at the Grey Cup. Rod Black, who called the game for TSN yes. Radio. Rod, how's it going, man? Good. I, I guess I could use a lot of Domino's pizza. Uh, we saw a lot of Domino's pizza first downs, particularly in the second half. Yes. But, uh, Andy, I'm still trying to wrap my head around uh, uh, the, the old saying uh, from – uh, you know, Jack Buck, I don't believe what I just saw, uh, certainly <laughs> pertains to the 105th edition of the Grey Cup because I don't believe what I saw. It, it, it just goes, and Rod, like 99 times out of 100, the game doesn't unfold that way. But that that's why you had that 109-yard fumble. Okay, return for a touchdown. The 100-yard mm-hmm. touchdown from Posey in the first half, and then Bo Levi throwing up a, a duck into double coverage in the end zone. Dave Dickinson not kicking the field goal. Like, what stands out to you as kind of being the, oh. the turning point? Because there's so many. How long is your show? <laughs> <laughs> it's one hour. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we may, it may take that long. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, you know, I think a lot of things stand out. I, I think, obviously, there was a game played in a snow globe. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Danny Webb uh, also deserves a lot of credit for the Toronto Argos. Um, for doing what he did with the the cleats, particularly in the second half, and I chatted with him the day before, and you know he told me he's got he's got something up his sleeve, and I guess he did have it up his sleeve in the second half because even Cassius Vaughn said later that you know those the traction that he had in the second half he wouldn't have gone those 109 yards. So I, I think when I, I guess I'm getting to it, it's like a game of little things. Mm-hmm. It was really a game of little things. I I thought Mark Tressman made a bad decision early in the game when when he threw that challenge flag in that first half. I thought you know hold that. And those things play out. And then Dave Dickinson using a challenge later. You know, he, would he have loved the challenge maybe on that last play? Maybe. Uh, I guess it was just a plethora of events, almost a chain of events that just kind of unfolded. And momentum is such a strong word in sports, but we see it play out in so many different ways and how it affects one team and gives them confidence and how it takes away from another or constricts body parts, as we saw. <laughs> I still think... You know, obviously the play they're going to talk about, I kind of compare it to the Leon McQuay fumble because Mm -hmm. for years in Toronto, people talked about the Leon McQuay fumble, ironically against Calgary uh, back in 1971. And, you know, you talk about those misplays and they're going to talk about that Kamar Jordan fumble for sure. Uh, You know, they... People are They should probably also talk about the the great defense by Jermaine Gabriel and Leon Lang to be out there and, if they just hand it off, Andy, to Jerome Messam, and isn't that funny? A year later, we're talking about that again. And sometimes simple is good. And an opportunity just to kick a field goal to possession, you're going to win that football game, even with a field goal. But, you know, you might score a touchdown still there if you keep it on the ground with Messam. Right. Mar Jordan doesn't secure, it goes down the other way, and all of a sudden, it's a shocker. You are in it. And there's something about that. that right sideline that that north sideline it was almost Greg Ellingson like the way that happened and so they, and and here's the other one that nobody talks about the two point convert converts by Declan Cross yes if you don't get that yep. two point convert it's a completely different game again so now Calgary okay. takes the ball and then i thought the next time Calgary got the ball i think it was a quick two and out or uh, it was very short and, and and obviously Toronto had to get it back I didn't think the play calling was good there. Again, uh, Jerome Messam missed a little uh, uh, short dump pass. So then they come back down. Now you got the ball in Ricky Ray's hands, and Ricky Ray finds a way. We know that. And, you know, basically beyond that bomb to Devere Posey, a very pedestrian game by Ray. But you know with the ball in his hands, he's going to do something special. He does it. Hyra who kicks it. Then you think, okay, 
and I'm sure, I don't know how you felt, but, you know, I've watched Bo Levi Mitchell all year yeah. long, and, and I love Ricky Ray's theatrical ability, but Bo Levi Mitchell has it as well. I'm, I sure still am thinking, I still am thinking, you know what? That's a lot of time. 49 seconds, a lot of time in the Canadian Football League. Go to it. Calgary probably has a good chance to, at the very least, tie, could win the Grey Cup. They throw that uh, shot again to Jordan, who muffs that again, mm. and you're thinking, man, this guy's going to be, you know, uh, the, the the unfortunate goat of, of of this game, and then they throw that amazing. He goes right back to him, and he makes one of the most amazing catches in, in Grey Cup history. So now you're thinking, okay, here they come once again. Here comes Bo again, and now they get down to I guess 20 seconds, second and four. And I'm just thinking, why not just run that football to Jerome Messam? I, I'm thinking, I'm sure you're thinking out loud, but instead they try to do too much, and it goes into the hand, and, and it's just almost like karma. Matt Black, who was released and came back because of Jermaine Gabriel's injury. Who are the two guys that are right there, Gabriel and Matt Black? Wild. And I can't, and you know, you, you know Matt Black. I can't think of anybody I'm happier for uh, than that guy, for, for being able to hang on to that football, yeah. get that pick. Uh, you know, we don't cheer for anybody, but, you know, especially because we do national broadcasts, but you have to cheer for guys. And I cheer for a guy like that. And I cheer for uh, a guy like Cassius Vaughn who takes it all the way. And, of course, Ricky Ray. But I really feel terrible for the Calgary Stampeders for two years in a row, oh. for Bo Levi Mitchell, for Jerome Messam. And I feel terrible for Kamar Jordan, who I thought stood up and answered those questions like a true, true pro. But, man, it's one of those games. It almost played out like an, an NCAA college game. Uh, it, it, to me, it reminded me of that Pan Am Games baseball final a couple of years ago where the United States were so favored down in, in Ajax, and, and not many people saw it, unfortunately. Canada comes back, and then the United States throw it away, throw it away, literally, on a pickoff, on a simple play. <laughs> it's amazing how things under duress in big games cause people to do, I don't want to say stupid things, but close to stupid or risky things. And I thought the Calgary Stampeders played like riverboat gamblers who were, you know, betting the house with only 50 bucks in their pocket. And sometimes you lose when you bet the house, right, Rodley? Yes, That's, you do. We usually you do. talk about gambling of, oh, he gambled and it worked out. Well, yeah. it's called a gamble for a reason, and they lost. Yeah, yeah and I thought that was it. I thought they just – I, and all the people are – and think about how this game started. Go back. What did they do on that first drive? Third and two. When everybody goes, or third, it might have been like third and three. And he threw it to Kamar Jordan. They scored that touchdown. Mm-hmm. And so you start gambling early, and you go, hey – we got some mojo going here. But isn't it funny how this game can come back and bite you right in the butt? Oh. And that, that play, I still see it in my mind. But I'm going, how is that possible? How is that possible? I mean, if you just go up the middle, and even if Jerome Messam does fumble, let's say Jerome Messam has it and he fumbles, it's not going back 109 or 110 yards. No, it's underneath a pile of bodies. Yeah, yeah. But it's out on the flat. It's out there, and it's open, and Cassius. And I, I said, I'm watching Cassius Vaughn. I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. Dude, I, that guy might fall. Wait, he's slipping. He's falling. No, no, no. And then it was truly one of the most unforgettable plays that you will ever see in sports. It was, and, it was wild. It, 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 yeah, and it helped propel them to that final interception. Yeah, and it all led up. And it reminds me, too, going back to the, the Super Bowl between the Seahawks and the Patriots, right? Like, yes. Why are you – same situation. Why, why are Hand you doing this? Hand Yep, and you don't, well, similar. Right. Handed to Jerome Messam, and isn't that crazy? Two years in a row. Mm-hmm. They do that last year three times to Jerome Messam. They win the Great Cup they easily. Do. They do. Even on that second down, they don't roll out and try to get it with Andrew Buckley, and I still think that was a pass, not a run. And it's like, oh, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And, 
you know, unfortunately, it's something they – I know they've had to live with that one from last year, and I say, you know, that last year for the Calgary Stampeders was a real kick in the shin. Mm-hmm. This was a kick in the stones, oh, this one, boy, because like, this is going to linger for a long, long time. It has to. And, Rod, how do you come back from this? Because for the Stampeders, the storyline this year could be redemption. All right, hey, mm-hmm. we couldn't get it done last year. This is the year. Well, now you don't get it done twice, and you could argue, especially this year, it was of your own doing. Like, do you need to yeah. cha- is change? Because we know how good the team is. Oh, they're great. They're a yeah, great team, Andy. They they're are. a great team. Oh, so they're what do you do? Team. Like, you know, I, I would think you're going to have to tinker a little bit. And here yeah. in free agency now, as you know, in the CFL, um, is going to change things up. I, I don't know how Kamar Jordan and Mark Way McDaniel are going to coexist. Ooh. And I know Mark Way did not say that he, you know, or did say that he did not throw him under the bus, but that was, yeah, uh, kind of that was, that was it. And, and, and he did. And, and, you know, and he was right, by the way, he was right about securing the ball and Kamar Jordan was right, but you know, they have so many great pieces. They're so deep, but I wonder Andy, you know, because you're so good sometimes, how many games have the Calgary Stampeders really played under duress? And I mean, you know, in a final minute having to come back. Bo Levi Mitchell has a great number of games that he's won in the fourth quarter. But were they meaningful games? And how do you play those out? And how do you coach those out? I mean, Dave Dickinson, I'm sure, is, is, is also looking himself in the mirror. And I know he says he wouldn't he'd do that again. Here, here's the other crazy thing. If he throws at Bo Levi Mitchell, who, by the way, up until those final 20 seconds, I believe was the MOP of that game. Yeah, I'm with you. He was the MOP of that game. He made no mistakes. He didn't make the mistake on the Kamar Jordan. He made no mistakes, really. You know, a great percentage. He's throwing for maybe the highest percentage in Grey Cup history. He underthrows that ball. What if he high points that Mark and Michelle comes down with mm-hmm. it? We're talking about one of the greatest catches. Oh, yeah. And, and a game that kind of got away, and now Bo Levi Mitchell is starting to cement his legacy, and a yada, 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 yada. And it's so different. But that is sports. That is sports, and, and, and people might not even give him a lot of credit because they're talking about the game over the last couple of days, but I'll tell you what, the Toronto Argonauts are not the 105th Grey Cup champions without Mark Tressman. Oh, you're right. Without you're Mark right. Tressman the entire season, what he did, and Jim Pop mm-hmm. being able to assemble this team, Mark Tressman is like Ricky Ray, uh, the, 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 the serial killer type of uh, guys under stress, uh, Icemen, and Mark Tressman deserves a lot of credit for the journey, for the story that they they were able to write, and certainly for that glorious, glorious ending that nobody is going to stop talking about for a long time. Well, and Rod, what people forget, too, is that that team of Pop and Tressman started so late in the process. Oh, it was February. Yeah, yeah they didn't have, they, they, think about a team. Their, their coach, their previous coach isn't fired. No. He leaves. He leaves the team. Yeah, to see him, uh, to be a see quarterback ya. coach yeah, in yeah. the NFL. And, the, and, and think about how bad they were last year. I mean, I remember yeah. I called that last game last year, and I didn't think Ricky Ray was done, but we all had to have the narrative, mm-hmm. is this his final game? He was banged up. He, you know, the, the, bionic, the bionic man could, couldn't be fixed anymore <laughs> and all of these things. And I do think there were just a lot of uh, – there was a confluence of, of great moves by Jim Pop, uh, Bear Woods, uh, S.J. Green, uh, you know, the, getting that line, getting Cleon Lang, getting Mitchell White. Think about all of the ex-Alouettes mm-hmm. that they were able to get. Sure. Um, James How- Wilder Jr., oh. uh, you know, b- being able to get him and what he was able to do. But I think S.J. Green solidified that receiving core, gave Ricky Ray a great target. Devere Posey came in, had himself an outstanding season. Uh, Marty Edwards is an unsung hero. 
Uh, Ricky Ray was able to spread the ball all season. But all of the things that they did, they did so right. And the only sad thing is that not many people got to see them until the end. That's right. That's right. Rod, we could talk all day, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome job, of course, all season long and for coming on the show a couple times as well. Really do appreciate it. Andy, I appreciate it. I mean, hey, 10 years worth of Domino's pizza, I'll do anything. (laughs) But hey, you know what? Guess what? You know what I love best? And I love talking football. doesn't matter what. And I love this time of year with NCAA football. I mean, it's been great. And, you know, the NFL, but... You know what the good thing is, too? The season ends, and we're, we're only eight months away from getting it going right. once again. There and, you go. and then the weather will be warm. <laughs> it will be warm. <laughs> and thanks for all your great work. I love this show. So oh. um, great, great for you guys. Thank you so much, Rob. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Andy. That was Rod Black from the CFL on TSN, an absolute gem. We will take the break and be joined for the last time this season on CFL Weekly with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. We'll go over our heroes and zeros for the Grey Cup game and then season long. And also, we'll we'll check out the the quarterback situation throughout this offseason. A lot more coming up here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81. And folks, hey, I mentioned it all show. I'm going to keep mentioning it. 50% off week at dominoes.ca. 50% off any pizza, any size, as long as you order online at dominoes.ca. You like medium, large, extra large, whatever. Dominoes.ca from now until December 7th. Get it. I know my next guest, Scott Cullen. He's going to be going out and getting himself some half-off pizza. How's it going, Scotty? It's good. How you doing? Andy? I'm doing good, man. Hey, what, what a a thrilling finish to the Grey Cup. That was Just before we get into breaking down the heroes and zeros of the game and then the year league-wide, uh, what did you make of that second half? Because it seemed like kind of a, a deja vu for Calgary. Well, yeah, a bit of a, mir- a miracle was required for for Toronto when they got it. They got it, you know. Like when it, it 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 doesn't. I don't want it to sound like say sour grapes. If and I suppose if I was coming from Calgary, it might sound that way. But like Toronto probably didn't deserve to to win that game. You know, they they were getting outplayed, and uh, and and as um, you know, Calgary had a chance to to basically put the finishing touches on on the game. You know, the fumble and goes 109 yards the other way. Well, you know, that's the miracle that you needed to mm-hmm. happen. And and you know, and, and this is the uh, this is why they play the games and all that stuff because you know, if you took a, a look at the win probability at the point of you know the Stampeders knocking on the on the door of the Argos end zone at that point, I mean, it, it was it was probably like one percent, maybe less, that the Argos could win that game. But you know the the giant swing of that 109-yard return, uh, you know, changed everything. And you know, the, so the Ar- the Argos, I, I you know, I figured they almost like like they escaped with the win. Um, but you know, no one no one asks. Uh, you know, as they start scrolling through the Great Cup winners, they don't ask how you won it, just whether you did or not. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And as long as there's that one percent chance, as you said, Scotty, it doesn't often happen. In this case, it did. So yep. let's talk uh, hero. For the game, who's uh, what one or two of your heroes? Well, we'll start with Devere Posey. Yeah, uh, seven receptions, 175 yards, and a touchdown. Obviously, that hundred-yard touchdown <laughs> in the first half—an amazing play. Wow! <laughs> and the funny thing is, it wasn't the longest touchdown score during the game. No, uh, but 
an amazing, amazing play. And, you know, to get that from uh, a guy who, who is certainly a, a good contributor, but, um, you know, he's not their number one receiver uh, coming into the, that game. So to, to get that big a performance in, in that big a game, uh, Devere Posey definitely uh, deserves some hero uh, recognition. You know, I'm, I'm going to give a hero, and this is more a statistical hero, for Bo Levi Mitchell. Because yeah. he had a, he had a good game until he made that that decision to throw that last oh. pass, and and truthfully, throwing the pass isn't necessarily the problem, but you have to throw it where only your guy has a shot, right? Like when when you're in position to to kick the field goal and you've been the better team, and you know the advantages were all sort of in Calgary's favor at that point. Sure, you want to take a shot at the end zone by all means, take a shot at the end zone, but you have to put it where your guy is the only one who's going to get a chance at it, uh, and and he didn't. Now. That all that said, you know he completed seventy three percent of his passes, threw for three seventy three and two touchdowns. It's a pretty good game, you know, uh, all, all up until that last interception. Yeah, threw that into double coverage. That's tough. That is tough. It's combo of quarterback play and coaching decisions. And uh, Scotty, what about uh, R- Ricky Ray? Like, if you look at the numbers, not a Ricky Ray type of day. Under sixty percent completion, one touchdown, but didn't turn the ball over. And I think it was his forty third game-winning drive in the fourth quarter like the guy is he just he just does it right like whether it it comes with you the defense makes a play you don't turn like he's just up always a part of winning well and i I think when you've been around as long as ray has and had the success that ray has nothing really surprises you anymore Mm -hmm. you know that whatever the other team thinks they're going to trick you with on defense they're probably not um and and so you know, Ray gives his team a chance to win. And it, it's like, it, it's not as though he had uh, this monster game where you said, oh, yeah, Ricky Ray is the one who really led the charge. I mean, he still needed a 109 yard fumble return to um, kind of to save his bacon. And, but, um, you know, gives his, gives his team a chance. And then when, when they need to move into field goal range, he got them there. And so, um, you know, I, I, and the funny thing is, I, I, I looked up his. Uh, stats, you know, kind of thinking ahead, like, is Ricky Reagan retire? I have no idea. Um, but he's 38 years old, and that's obviously a, a fair question. But, like, he threw for 5,500 yards this year. Yeah. Um, it, it, I think the last time he threw for that many yards in a season was, like, 2008. Uh, and he threw for 28 touchdown passes. The last time he threw more than 28 touchdown passes was, like, 2004. Like, this is one of the best years that Ricky Ray's <laughs> ever had uh, in terms of statistical production. So, you know, if he decides he wants to play again, I don't think there's really any problem with that because he's uh, he's still playing at a really high level. Yeah, that's incredible to think that. It just incre- and he missed he missed at least one game. Yeah, he missed, right? he missed one because he played he's played 17 games. Yes. Now, I, think, I think he missed one and then part of another. Yeah, that's so. right. So oh, yeah, so at that age, yeah, if he wants to come back, you can't. It's not like he's falling off and some old dude hanging on, right? Exactly. Like, he's doing it. All right. So there's a, a hero. What about a, a zero here, Scott? That, that's tough for poor Calgary. Another. Ooh. Yeah, well, and, and you know, I, I, if I, I'm looking at it st- statistically, one of my zeros is actually James Wilder Jr., mm. only because I come into this game with massive expectations for James yeah. Wilder Jr. He's been, he's been so good for uh, the Argonauts down the stretch, and the, the Stampeders really kind of kept him in check. Now, you know, you can say the weather is part of it, and um, you know, but he ended up with 31 yards and, and on 11 touches. Uh, he did score a touchdown, so, you know, all was not lost, but you know, given this is a guy who's had uh, a couple 200-yard games this year, um, you know, I, I'm sure the Argos had hopes that James Wilder Jr. was going to be a bigger part of their day, and, and he, he just wasn't. Um, when you look at um, 
Calgary, you know, I mean, you can look at, you know, a late fumble and, and say that that's, you know, that would warrant a zero. But I, like, I, I'm looking at this in terms of your statistical production. I think Mark A. McDaniel is probably the, you know, the, the big receiver who didn't have a great day for Calgary. He had eight, mm. he had eight catches, eight catches, but only 46 yards. And, um, you know, you had Kamar Jordan and Devaris Daniels both went over a hundred. So, um, Kind of Mark A. McDaniel, even though he was, you know, he got eight balls, um, obviously wasn't uh, wasn't getting too far downfield to get them. No, and then he, he chirped uh, his teammate Kamar <laughs> Jordan after. <laughs> yes, and I know. Come on, and he, and he tried and he tried to back off that. I know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's just frustration in the moment. Yeah, you know, it, it, you, you know when you when you felt like you've had that you had this gray cup kind of in your hip pocket, right. Kind of was uh, to have it taken away again. Uh, I think that's uh, I, I can understand the guys in Calgary being a little bent out of shape. Yeah, the, the trouble is nowadays it's like, oh, I didn't say that. It's like, well, it's kind of on video, so yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and to it, deny. It, gets, it gets around so quickly. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, like, he, oh. he puts that out there, and and it, it hits Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram, and, and everyone's done. like, well, <laughs> all right, we we've got Marquette McDaniel's take on this, and uh, uh, we'll see what, ha- what what he has to say afterwards. And yeah, I know he, he did try and kind of say that no, this isn't uh, um, you know pinning the blame on on anyone in in particular, but you know he said that if if he had done the same thing, it, it would be the same. Uh, same reaction from him, but I do think this is just a, a frustration yeah. kind of boiling, boiling over because, you know, this this is a bit of a gut punch for, for the Stampeders it again. It is, again, two years in a row now. In conversation yeah. with Scott Cullen, get him on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. You can read all his articles on TSN.ca. Uh, Scotty, year wide now. So let's take a big yeah, picture yeah. view. The season is over, which is, is wild. Season one of CFO Weekly is going to be in the books. Um, let's have a, a year-wide hero or two, uh, whoever jumps to mind. Well, I mean, I, I'm hardly digging deep here mm-hmm. to go with my hero, like Mike Riley. That's what I, had, I had, had a, a feeling. massive year. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, he won the most outstanding player, so I don't think I'm unearthing any, uh, you know, great secret here. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, he threw for 5,800 yards and passed for 30 touchdowns. He also rushed for 12 touchdowns. You know, like that's what's of, overlooked. It is because. You know, there are other guys who threw for, you know, Trevor Harris threw for 30 touchdowns, but ran for none. Ricky Ray threw for 28 touchdowns, but ran for none. Matt Nichols threw 28 touchdowns, he ran for two. You know, but Riley threw 30 and ran for 12. And, you know, I, I know there, you have some of these teams where they have a short yardage quarterback, right? Like the Argos will throw Fajardo in, and um, the, uh, the Stampeders have Andrew Buckley that, uh, you know, they'll bring in to do those short yardage uh, plays around the goal line. But Riley is basically the all-purpose quarterback for Edmonton. And, you know, accounting for 42 touchdowns and 5,800 yards passing, that's a, that's a monster season. Yeah, that's – yeah, no, no one's going to argue Mike Riley with you, Scotty. No one's going to bother you with that one. Now, a zero, and you could go in a few different directions of this, um, I, I, and I don't know which one you're going to pick. I would start uh, yeah. with the BC Lions at quarterback. Yeah. Fair, fair. We, we've had many a discussion this year about Jonathan Jennings. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it looked like a year ago – that he was on the way up, right? That he was going to join, uh, you know, the likes of Mike Riley and I don't know, maybe Ricky Ray and Bo Levi Mitchell, the guys who are the the best, most productive quarterbacks in the league. Um, and that is not uh, how uh, the season turned out for Jonathan Jennings. And, and it's it's hard because he's relatively young, you know. That you know, you're thinking this player who's on his way up. He's 25 years old. There's 
you know, this is where the improvement happens. And well, he kind of took a step back, you know, Mm -hmm. a year ago it was 5,200 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, 15 interceptions this year, 3,600 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, 19 interceptions. Like that's a very clear uh, step back. And so if you had come into the season with these expectations for Jonathan Jennings, um, well, you end up leaving disappointed. And um, I think that, you know, that's going to make for maybe a difficult off season for BC, but it's also, it's kind of tough and, when you've got a 25-year-old quarterback to kind of decide that, okay, he had a bad year and, and now we're just done with him. I'm not sure they can do that. No, no, and, and that's that's the trouble. And you had the option, Travis Lule, who came in and excelled, but once again, you fall into him being injury-prone and you can't rely yeah. on him, right? So yeah. you got questions. And uh, we can wrap, Scotty, with the, the, the big questions around the league. And I mentioned this off the top, and I, I think the most fascinating storyline of this offseason is going to be how the quarterback situations play out Across the league. Montreal, you can't come back with Darian Durant. You just can't. Uh, Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh, Saskatchewan. You got Kevin Glenn, Brandon Bridge. There's Adams floating around. What yeah. are you doing there? The BC we just talked about. It, it, Ricky Ray. If Ricky Ray retires, that blows everything out of the water. <laughs> it throws the whole, right? yeah, throws the whole league up in That just does. And you got Zach Caleros, the most highly paid player, has having his butt firmly planted on the bench. And with June Jones coming back to Hamilton, he's going to stay on the bench. So you got to move him out somewhere. Yeah. Well, I think if you're Zach Caleros, this isn't the worst time to have fallen out of favor in Hamilton because there should be other opportunities available to him. Um, yeah. You know, pro- provided a deal can get worked out and so on. But you know, it, it's better than uh, you know Ham- Hamilton says, okay, we don't want you anymore, and there are no real no real openings. I, th- I mm. think this year there will definitely be um, some openings, as you say. Montreal Montreal seems for sure to be an opening. Uh, Saskatchewan is quite possibly an opening. Toronto, if Ricky Ray happens to retire, is an opening. Like there, there are some possibilities here for for Zach Caleros, and I think that that's probably going to make Zach Caleros, um, you know, an in demand uh, commodity. Which you know, <laughs> given that he just got benched for not playing that great this year, is kind of funny. But yeah, um, he had, but he has you know a decent track record. If if you you go back now, one of the things is he hasn't played a ton. Um, you know, a, a lot of these seasons have been uh, abbreviated, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, there's a guy who, in his career, has 83 touchdowns, 38 t- uh, interceptions. So, and he's if, mobile. If, he, if he's going to give you that that uh, that kind of ratio, and you know, and he can move and and hopefully stay healthy, then you know, I, I can understand why teams are going to be interested. Scotty, great job. We really appreciate you joining us every single week here on CFL Weekly. Uh, enjoy the CFL offseason. Will, hey, you're busy still with uh, NHL, NFL, baseball's right around the corner. So this is just one little little tick off the list for now. <laughs> there, is a, there is no offseason, Andy. The, C, the CFL offseason uh, gets underway. So uh, That's right. Uh, it, w- it was lots of fun this year. Thanks, man. No problem. That was Scott Collin from TSN.ca. Check out his work every day, Monday to Friday, on Statistically Speaking. You had Top Storyline, Heroes and Zeros, all over the place, and a must-follow on Twitter, at TSN Scott Collin. All right, we're going to take the break and come back, uh, wrap up the season here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here, and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal, including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone, including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. 
You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Back to wrap up Season 1 of CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. And folks, what a way to end the year with this deal from Domino's Pizza. 50% off week. Any pizza at menu price that you order online at Domino's.ca. That's all you do. You go to Domino's.ca. Order online. Half off. Any size pizza. Any amount of pizza at menu price. 50% off. And it goes to December 7th. Absolutely phenomenal. Dominoes.ca, dominoes.ca. All right. So I want to get to the, the our Twitter poll question here um, at AndyMC81. And it's really about what was most memorable for you for the 105th Grey Cup. What was your most memorable moment? You can tweet in your own, too. There's only four spots they allow in the Twitter poll. But you can tweet in your own at AndyMC81. Was it the 109-yard fumble TD return by Cassius Vaughn? Bo Levi's game-ending interception. Shania Twain at halftime. Coming in by dog sled, snow all around. It's kind of cool. Or the weather conditions, as Rob Black said, playing in a snow globe, unexpected winter. So the 109-yard fumble return, Bo Levi's interception, Shania Twain at halftime, or the weather conditions, you can vote at AndyMC81. Now, off-season storylines, right? Great Cup was great. It's done. But what about expansion? We heard, of course, Halifax being an option for the CFLs. Head to Ottawa and get an update on the CFL expansion possibilities. Farhan Lalji along with Matthew Shinetti and Dave Naylor. Guys, the 2017 season is in the books. It was an epic great cup, and now we head into a pretty busy offseason. Dave, give us an update on Halifax. Well, right now they're looking at a number of sites in the Halifax area, five different sites, doing economic impact studies to try to determine where they should try and build a stadium to house the 10th CFL team. Now, this group would like to have the 10th team awarded conditionally, by the time the 2018 season kicks off. And right now, you've got a lot of momentum behind the story. You've got the league saying that we want to do this, and this is the most credible effort there's ever been to try to extend the league to that 10th team. You've got politicians at both the city and provincial level that were here this week in Grey Cup networking, trying to get their support behind it. And then you've got the group of potential owners here. So there isn't really anyone saying, no, let's not do this, but they've got to turn this momentum into sort of some steps forward this offseason. Matthew, when you look at a potential change this offseason, I can see a revolving door the quarterback position what do you expect to see happening here yeah not just a revolving door but contract extensions nfl workouts i mean name me a team besides winnipeg and calgary that doesn't have some kind of quarterback question here in ottawa is trevor harris what happened with zach caleros in hamilton what's going on with ricky ray in toronto jonathan jennings and his possible nfl options in bc mike riley's contract extension so, and what's going on in Montreal? Who's going to be the starter there and in Saskatchewan? What goes on with Kevin Glenn and Brandon Bridge? Every team right now has some kind of indication, apart from Calgary and Winnipeg, that there could be some quarterback change or quarterback adjustment. But really, who's the first domino to fall? Is it James Franklin or is it Johnny Manziel? What happens with him in Hamilton? Yeah, exactly. As far as Manziel is concerned, I know that we've been waiting to get an update uh, on where they're at with the league's evaluation. And, and speaking to Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, now that Grey Cup is over, he's going to get back into that process and review where they're at. He hasn't done his assessments yet with the professionals that they were looking at, but that should happen in the coming weeks. The one thing the commissioner wants to make clear, though, is that he's not going to be bound by any timelines. He wants to be completely thorough with this process. It's more important that we get it right than get it done fast in terms of the perception of the league as we head into 2018. All right, Farhan Lalji and Matthew Shinetti and Dave Naylor once again as they spoke from the 105th Grey Cup in Ottawa.
Again, you can vote on our Twitter poll at AndyMC81. What was your most memorable moment of the 105th Grey Cup? 109-yard fumble for a touchdown. Bo Levi's game-ending interception. Shania Twain at halftime. Weather conditions. I got to go with the 109-yard fumble return, guys. I got to. You can mix in there. Devere Posey's 100-plus-yard touchdown, of course. Like, so many moments. And for, for the Calgary Stampeders, where do you go? You still have a stacked roster, but how do you come back from this? How do you come back from two years in a row? You blow the big one, man. And for the Argos, great building block. That is year one in a a, a, a rushed job, really. Imagine they have the whole offseason. When Mark Tresman and Jim Pop came in in February. Now you have a whole offseason. I really think, though, the Argos have to start grooming a successor to Ricky Ray. And it's not Cody Fajardo. So they got to start figuring that out. The quarterback situation is just going to be uh, enthralling. It's Johnny Manziel. In 2018, are we going to see Johnny Manziel in the Canadian Football League? Wouldn't that be something? Wow. Well, I want to thank everybody, all of our guests all year. Scott Cullen, who was with us every single week. What a gem he was. And the slew of guests, all of you listening across the country. This is a Canada-wide show from coast to coast. And I want to thank all the listeners there. Everybody who enjoyed our Domino's Pizza coupons and contests and all that. And producer Joe Narsa as well for putting this whole thing together. So thank you all very much. What a year. What a great cup. Enjoy the offseason. And follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. We'll talk next year, folks. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.